We're going to start with a story that is uh, so strange, so strange, it, it's got to be true. It has to be true. Uh, this involves a man by the name of Elliot Curtis. Now, he is a broadcast operations manager at a, a CBS uh, a station, radio station in San Francisco. And he recently volunteered to fix and restore an old synthesizer which was owned by Cal State University. Now, I know, pretty unremarkable story so far, but uh, the school's music department uh, apparently originally purchased this instrument back in the 1960s. So this is back in the late 60s in San Francisco, and it uh, had just kind of been sitting there in the corner of the uh, music class at this uh, university gathering dust uh, for years. So Elliot Curtis, uh, he decided, well, he was going to actually get this thing back in working order. He was disassembling a module that, uh, well, he uh, discovered uh, had some kind of residue on it. All right, so he's trying to get this residue off of uh, one of the uh, instrument's knobs. He uh, said that he noticed a crystal-like residue stuck under one of the knobs of the synthesizer. And in his attempt to dislodge it, he blasted it with cleaning solvent, tried to simply then rub it off with his fingers... And then some 45 minutes later, he started to experience a tingling sensation. And it was, uh, turns out, the beginnings of an acid trip. A nine-hour acid trip that he went on. Three separate chemical tests later identified that that crystallized substance was actually LSD, which can be absorbed through the skin and apparently can uh, survive for decades. I don't, are we buying this story? Is this something that can honestly really happen? That LSD can be on the knob of a uh, musical instrument on the on the synthesizer? Again, back in the late '60s, some 50 years later, somebody touches it, comes in contact, and they go on a, a nine-hour-long acid trip. Well, let's turn to the uh, professionals on this. Global News Radio 640 Toronto Medical Professional Dr. Brett Belchitz is on the line, and he joins us to discuss further here on the radio. Dr. Belchitz, uh, good afternoon, sir, and uh, thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. All right, help us sort this out, if you could. LSD on a soundboard from the 60s. How likely is it, Brett, that you could go on an acid trip just by working on this piece of equipment? So it is a possibility. Uh, one of the, the big questions here, I think there's two things to think about is, number one, how long does this particular chemical stay potent enough to have effect? Uh, you know, there's a big question here about over these decades, would it have lost potency? And then the other side of it is, how likely is it that somebody would have a serious effect just from it contacting their fingertips? So uh, the first question is an easy answer in that LSD, uh, being a, a very synthetic chemical, can actually last for a very, very long period of time. So it's no surprise that if the substance were still there, that it would still have a fairly potent effect on anybody coming into contact with it. Now, the other question here is, uh, how effective is this drug at being absorbed through the skin? And so there is uh, some research on this topic, and there certainly is evidence that LSD can be absorbed through fingertips or through skin. However, in general, the absorption is a lot less than what you would see if somebody were to ingest this, so to either put it in their mouth or to touch it against another mucous membrane like an eye. So so one of the things I think about in a case like this is that more likely, given the scope of the story here, than them actually absorbing this directly from their fingertips, more likely is that they may have actually, after coming in contact with this, put their hand near their mouth or touched their face where their hand came into contact with their eye 
And that is a much more potent form of actually absorbing a drug like this. Okay, so is this similar to like, uh, I mean, I don't know, if I go into a public shower, say a gym shower or something, and I pick up a virus or, or a wart uh, there by, uh, you know, it, uh, penetrating my skin, is that the similar kind of thing? Really different, actually. So when you pick up a wart, for instance, in a shower, you know, that's an infectious agent. So that's an agent where you step on it, the wart makes contact with your skin, and, and that, that wart virus is actually very much designed or has evolved very much to actually be able to infect skin cells that sit on the periphery of your body. Okay. This is actually a chemical that's dissolving directly into your skin and through your skin eventually ending up in your bloodstream. So a better analogy would be medications that we would administer with a patch. So, you know, I think many of us have tried a seasickness patch where you stick that little patch behind your ear and bit by bit over the course of the day and a half that you wear that patch for, it actually allows that medication to be in your bloodstream and allow you to avoid the symptoms of seasickness. So this is much closer to that. There's no infection taking place. There, there's no evolutionary design. It's just the fact that, unfortunately, as much as we think of our skin as a solid barrier, in fact, there's lots of gaps in the skin cells at the surface that would allow chemicals where the molecules are small enough to fit through those gaps to make their way into our bloodstream. Okay. So let me ask you this, because the soundboard goes back to the 60s, the synthesizer in San Francisco, which, of course, that was the epicenter of the drug culture of the uh, 1960s. So the thought is maybe that LSD just stayed on that synthesizer uh, for some 50 years. The other thought is... It might have been uh, somebody who recently uh, used it. Uh, could it be again be that potent 50 years later that somebody could go, as they're saying here in this story, on a nine-hour acid trip? Well, first of all, a nine-hour uh, trip from this type of a, a substance is actually quite typical. So if you look at the, the duration of effect of acid, it's usually quoted as 8 to 12 hours, sometimes even longer. So... You know, the potency is not really the deciding factor of how long the trip lasts for. Really, the potency is just almost more of a measure of how intense the symptoms would be that somebody would actually experience as a result of taking this substance. Now, now the other you know question you're asking me is, is it likely that it was added later or, you know, was it something that was there way back? It could be either. Now, you would expect some degradation of potency over time, mostly due to loss of the concentration of the substance or the substance may have been brushed off or, 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 or minimized in some other way. However, you know, again, what we don't know is how much was there in the first place. So it could have been an incredibly larger amount that was present way back in the 60s that diminished over time to what was there now. Or, you know, for instance, you know, the other hypothesis is that, you know, it was a very small amount that was just added recently. So we don't know. A lot of questions here, but there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that either way, this is certainly a very possible thing to have happened. Really, as fantastic as it sounds. And is this a good argument to always have those uh, Lysol wipes handy? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good argument to, to pretty much wash down any uh, piece of equipment or piece of furniture that you're finding from a long time off, and not only for infectious purposes, and that's what the Lysol wipes are really good at, but just in terms of you never know what chemicals are going to be present. And as you know, we're seeing here, many of those chemicals can be absorbed through your skin, can be absorbed if you touch your face, and, and you just don't want to be exposed to that. So anything that you see, be it an old piece of furniture, old piece of electronics, wear some gloves, give it a really good thorough wipe down before you start handling it with your bare skin. Okay, this is uh, also a great reason uh, that I work at 640 and not Q107. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that I cannot comment on. <laughs> Dr. Brett Belchett, good to see you as always, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Take care.